Parents, is your teen college ready? Are you feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, or excited about your teen applying to college? Do you know what colleges are looking for? And if your kid gets in, do you know what you'll pay for it? College admission has never been so competitive or expensive. Shelly Howard will take you on a journey to help you and your teen get college ready. Now here's your host, Shelly. Hello, this is Shelly Howard with Parents Is Your Teen College Ready? And today I have the honor and privilege of introducing Brooke Romney. Brooke, how are you today? I'm so great. Thank you for having me, Shelly. My pleasure. Can you go ahead and share with our audience a little bit about your background or why they may want to listen? I would love to. I am a teen parenting expert. I've written two best-selling books and I um, run a community online full of parents of teenagers who are extremely supportive and looking to help each other navigate these interesting but really exciting years a little bit better with community education and support. I love that. Now, what is your online group called? So I am really active on Instagram at Brooke Romney writes, and that is where we pose interesting questions where people give feedback. I share life lessons that I've learned from raising teenagers. Um, my oldest is 20. I have an 18 year old, a 16 year old and an 11 year old. They're all boys. So I've worked hard for those relationships and connection. Um, and I love being in a place where I can share some of the things I've done right, but also a lot of things I've done wrong that I want to help parents maybe make it through just a little bit easier than I did. Ah, oh, what a gift. What a gift. So I want to take it, uh, us back just a moment to when you were in high school. And some for some of us, that's kind of like, do we have to? For others, like, yeah, that was amazing. But when you were in high school, did you know what you wanted to do? I love this question because I actually didn't know. In fact, I thought that I wanted to go into public relations. And when I got to college, I realized that was all business heavy math centered classes. And I was not interested in that. I, it wasn't what I was best at. And so um, I went over into the liberal arts and majored in English thinking maybe I would be an attorney. But it turns out that I've become a writer and that's exactly where I love being. So it was a little bit of a winding path, but honestly, I just knew I wanted to go to college um, and I didn't have a huge direction yet of what the rest of my life would look like. So now fast forward, you have four boys, is that correct? Yes. Yes. So let's talk about what their path looked like. So number one, did he know what he wanted to do and is he doing that? You know, he is much more of a hands-on learner and school was not his best fit. So he tried a year of college and is now in um, a trade school. And he's really excited about that. Um, my second one is the complete opposite. He couldn't get enough school. In fact, even his senior year, we said, do you want to have a little break in your class schedule? You know, your, it's your senior year. And he just said, I would way rather sit in AP chemistry than sit in a jewelry class. So he, two complete opposites. And um, it's been really fun to watch them both be able to figure out something that works really well for them. Mm, that is wonderful. So sounds like such a great place to be for our listeners, right? As parents, I have four, I have two boys and two girls and they're all very different. So yeah. I can fully relate to you on that. 
So let's talk a little bit about your books. Can you share yeah. what inspired you to write them? Well, when I had my first teenager and we had a lot of teens in and out of our home, um, I worked with them. I volunteered at the schools a lot, junior high. I love junior high, by the way. I think it's a great place. Um, through church, all these things. I had all these teenagers around me. And what I realized is because of cell phones, our teens often had their eyes down and headphones in, and they were not observing the world like we observed the world with our parents. And because of that, there were some serious gaps in how they related to others um, socially, emotionally, how they related to the world physically, things that you assumed they knew, but they really never paid attention to. And as I started to see the difference between kids who just got it, who understood social norms, or maybe who had parents who were deliberately teaching them, um, there was a positive feedback loop for those teens. They were having good relationships because they had good relationships. They felt connected. They felt connected. They had higher self-esteem. Um, when they were respectful of people's spaces and property, they were invited back. Uh, teachers noticed that they were responsible. So these kids got all this positive feedback, which created a positive feedback loop. And they did well. They were confident. And then I watched other kids who didn't have that. Maybe there was a little bit of a neurodivergence. Um, maybe they were from a family who maybe didn't know some of those social norms to teach. Maybe they just didn't feel like it. You know, they just had a more of a rebellious personality and they just didn't want to learn from others. And I watched as they had negative experiences and people didn't want them around and teachers didn't give them, them the benefit of the doubt and employers weren't drawn to them. And as, as I watched those two things play out, I thought there has to be a way for us to teach these kids, all of them, a way to understand these social norms. Mm -hmm. And if they do, they all have a better chance in a successful life. Like my goal is to help teenagers be successful, to feel good about themselves and to feel like they can walk into a room and be their real self, but do it in a way that works for the people around them and lets others see their best side. I love that. So your inspiration was in your home with your children and, and their friends, and you saw the differences. I'm, I'm with you all the way. What made you decide to write the book? Well, it was really a fun experience because there were, there were two things that I saw really consistently that were really bothering me. And I had an Instagram account and an audience, and I just shared those two things. So the two things were, the first one was people were not good passengers. I was giving thousands of rides to all these teenagers. I was not getting paid for this. And they acted like I was an Uber driver. They'd come in, their heads would be down. They'd look at their phone. Sometimes they would say, thank you. Sometimes they'd forget to shut the door. There were just these things. And I thought, okay, this isn't right. Um, so I shared that online. And I just said, you know, one thing to remind your teenagers of when they're getting rides from parents, you know, have them say hello have them engage in a short conversation, remind them that this is not the place for them to get into their, you know, gaming on their phone, make sure they say thank you and shut the door. And I had hundreds of parents say, yes, oh my word, this is happening to me all the time. I hope it's not my kid that's doing that, but I better teach them. Um, and then the second one was we were entertaining teenagers in our home. And now that parents can just text and tell them that they're here, they, you know, they don't have to come to the door. 
So teenagers would walk up from our basement, see us sitting on the couch and walk right out the door without saying thank you or having conversation or looking us in the eye. And these are good kids from really good homes. They're, yeah. they're nice kids. Mm. And so it wasn't anything that I thought their parents said, make sure you don't say goodbye <laughs> to the parents. You know, it was just something that they hadn't noticed. Yeah. And um, so I shared that one too. And people were like, yes, that's happening in our house. Oh man, I never thought of that. I thought my kid would just say thank you or, you know, engage in a conversation. So when I shared those two things online, there was a great response. And they asked me, can you just share short, simple things that we should be teaching our teens? So I started doing that every week. It was a tip every Tuesday. And somebody said, I, I wish this was in physical form. I need it in my home because I don't always remember, like we all have really great intentions, but I don't always remember to teach my kids the things that I've learned during the day. And I thought, how could I create something that would work in a house with teenagers? And I have hard sell in my own home. And so if, if it worked for mine, I thought there was a good chance it would work for everybody else. And so I knew it had to be short. It had to be snappy. Um, it had to give a little bit of a how, so they weren't just lost. It wasn't like just someone saying, don't do this or do do this. And then for us, it's important to have the why. And for teenagers, not mm -hmm. just why, because your mom wants you to, or it creates a better world, but like, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. They have to know what is in it for me. And so that's what I included. I have a little, you know, a little physical manifestation of it here, but it stands up. That's the other thing is I knew it no one's going to read a book that their mom gives to them and says, here, this is all about manners. No one, no teen is interested. So I thought if we do it kind of subtly, so it has its, has its own stand and it stands up and then the manner can be displayed all week. There's 52. You flip the page once a week. You can either have a conversation together or if your teen doesn't love learning from you, you leave it out and they can learn on their own. So that's what I created. It's been incredibly successful in people's homes and a way to open up conversations. So I, I love it. And I love what it's doing for families. Wow. So inspiring. I love that. I remember back in the day, uh, my mom introduced conversation cards when I was oh, a yes. youngster and I'm like, we talk <laughs> and this was yeah. pre cell phone. Right. And I'm like, we talk. And she goes, we don't talk to each other. And yeah. I'm like, oh, we're supposed to do that. Yes, let's do that. And it was like awkward silence, right? So yeah. having something, I would even love to take that book to a family function like Thanksgiving or Christmas and pass the book, right? Yes. Where you actually like received, here's the question, how would you respond? And everybody goes around and responds, so they learn different ages, different responses. Some may be a good laugh, you know, the comedian. Yeah. But wow, I love that. What a fun activity. It has been really incredible. And I'm, I'm not sure you probably saw there was a Wall Street Journal article that came out probably about three weeks ago, but they were talking about, um, they were interviewing people at large accounting firms. So like big five accounting firms which bring in some of the best and brightest students into, into their um, employment. And one of the things they said is we are having to teach these brilliant people how to have a conversation, how to look someone in the eye, what is appropriate dress for a meeting, 
how to communicate kindly over an email. And I was reading this and, and these are brilliant students from top universities, right? And, and they're missing this component. And this is what I love is there, I have two volumes. So there's volume one and volume two. But if you go through those two volumes, your kid might not be perfect at it, but when they need to, in the right situation, they will at least know they have the knowledge that they can lean back on. And so as I read that article, I was like, hey, all these kids need modern manners. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that is, it is modern. Man it's just like, I mean, I, I remember the cell phone at the dinner table was off limits for us. Yes. It was not at all acceptable. But now if you go to a restaurant and you look around, it's everywhere. everywhere. Right? People are in their phones. And I always used to joke when I walked into a room and all the teenagers sitting on the couch on their phones, yeah. texting each other. Right. I'm like, you're killing me right now. Like, all you have to do is put down the phone and talk. Oh, but we're doing a group chat. Well, the whole group's here. <laughs> so yes. I, I love what you're doing. Fantastic. Now, how are you getting it out to people? How would people know where they could find this, how they can get a hold of it? Um, both volumes are on Amazon. Um, both of them have been bestsellers. The first volume um, was number 29 in all of Amazon charts, which is pretty amazing. I'm a self-published author, but it's because the book is working. Parents are using the book. They're telling their friends. Um, and it's just really fun, even in my own home, to see my boys adopt a manner. One of them um, is acknowledge adults. And my son was um, taking a girl on a date. He'd never met her family. Because he has read the books, we talk about it. He went to the door. He had a short conversation with the adults. And the girl he took out said, my parents absolutely love you. And he was like, really? And she's like, yeah, you came to the door and you had a conversation with him. He goes, wow, the bar's really low. But <laughs> he saw that manner in action. Mm -hmm. and, and while it was really nice for the parents, what was really cool is that he said, oh, this is going to benefit me. And as our teens start using these books, as they start using these manners, this is what's so exciting is they say, this is a manner worth implementing in my own life. Um, there was a girl who has autism and she, it's not very severe. And she was really excited. She was going on a weekend away with a friend and her mom brought out the books and started going over the manners that would be really pertinent to this weekend. And after this girl got home, her mom got a phone call from the friend's parents who said she was an amazing guest. There's a lot in the book about being a great house guest, respecting people's property, pitching in, those types of things. They said she helped with dishes. She helped us prepare food. She made sure what she was doing was okay with the younger siblings. And it was such a cool experience because this girl felt so successful. Mm. And what I love about these books is they work for everyone. Even as the person who wrote them, every time I turn to something new, I'm reminded, mm. oh, you know, there's a man that says, give your attention. If you're in line, make sure you put your phone down, take your headphones off, engage with the person who's helping you. You know, that was a good reminder for me because sometimes I'm just in a hurry and I think it's just going to be a quick checkout. But I was like, no, you know, headphones out, eyes up, have a, con you know, engage in a conversation. Um, so they work really well. And it's not just what I love 
I think parents today are worried about their relationships with their kids. And often when we're correcting our kids, especially in the moment, our kids can be very defensive and get their feelings hurt. And what these books allow parents to do is to get ahead of the problem. And so it's not personal. What you're saying to them isn't being rude, isn't attacking. You're talking about something that might happen in the future or maybe has happened in the past, but it's a third party. So it doesn't feel so personal. So kids are willing to take that information and it's not just, oh, my mom's so annoying. She always wants me to act the way she wants me to act. And I don't like acting that way, but as they see it in a third party or as a, you know, as someone with a little bit more authority than they see their parents having, they say, oh, okay. And here's the why behind it. And it's not just me that struggles with it. This is something all teens need to learn. So I don't need to feel self-conscious about the fact that I haven't been doing it. Um, one of the favorite matters in volume one from parents is the way you smell matters. Oh, I love it. And so it just talks about hygiene and that's something that can be a little bit of a touchy subject sure. in a home. I mean, kids might say, you think I stink or you don't think I, you know, you don't think I brush my teeth. I brush my teeth and it just can get really defensive. Mm. And these allow you to have those really important conversations with connection instead of disconnection. And that's something that's been really helpful. You know, what's screaming out to me right now is teachers. If teachers had this tool and they did one a day, just one yep. page a day, let's, let's talk about this opportunity, right? How much better our society would be because as parents, we're still the parent who says, do your chores, do your homework, da, 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 da. We're, we're still that person. I love to, to share, you know, as a, a college consultant, students tell me way more than just college stuff. Like they unload sometimes as, and I appreciate that. I speak yeah. teenager. I love teenager. Like it's the best. So sometimes a parent may not be able to be the delivery mechanism and think about, you know, maybe the person at church or the person. So if a parent, if you are really wise, this is what I'm thinking right now, this would be an awesome gift to a teacher, a coach, uh, somebody in their world that could deliver this in a much less threatening way than a parent would. I absolutely love that you brought that up because um, I'm so sorry. One second. For some reason, it's trying to authenticate my user. I love that you brought that up because I have a lot of teachers who have used it and okay. they love it. Okay. Um, I have coaches so that that needed a way for their team to come together. One of the manners in the first one is take ownership of your mistakes. Mm -hmm. And when a coach implemented that manner with his team, it changed their entire soccer season. It's a really cool story. Mm -hmm. But because I've seen that need, I have created, or I am creating right now, videos, lesson plans, and writing prompts that teachers can use in their classroom. I'm hoping it will be available for next school year. Okay. Because there is such power in everyone learning it together too. It's, there's power in not hearing it from your parent, but also power in the fact that all 30 of you have heard that you're supposed to introduce yourself. Mm. So you're not the only weirdo that's going around and saying, <laughs> hey, I don't think I've met you yet. I'm Brooke. But it becomes a, an absolute norm in your classroom, mm. you know, especially for kids 
this is, this is such a great book. I think for kids like fourth to fifth grade and up, Mm -hmm. um, because I, I call it the golden years, um, ages between like 10 and 13, where our kids are old enough to understand most things, but young enough to still think that their parents might know something. And so I love the idea of teaching it early and then reviewing it often. So I just, I, there's so many things I'm thinking a deck of cards, like I love teenagers and they tend to migrate towards me because it's a very mutual respect type of thing. Now I did not treat my children as my friends. That's not what I'm saying, but what I have done is when I meet with students, it is using those skills. So I teach them when they're online, what are good nonverbal skills? If you're way down here talking to me up here, that is not good communication or nonverbal, right? When you're like leaning on your face and you're like, oh, do I have to be here or turning on your camera? Oh my gosh, so simple, right? So so simple, but makes a huge difference in the way others react to you, which in turn makes a difference in how you feel about how successful you're being. Yeah, so when we prepare students for college, we also prepare them for the interview. And that's really where you can showcase some of these wonderful recommendations that you're offering, right? Because you never get a second chance to make that first impression. And they're judging you on, are you worthy of coming to their college? So the stakes are high. And I know when I get students who are socially awkward or uncomfortable, it's painful, painful Mm -hmm. for them, painful for me. And And it's because it could be their personality. It could be the way they were raised. There's no blame in this, but how do we get them over that hump of you have the opportunity. This is something you've been given. Take it and run with it. So your deck, your book is so brilliant because it gives them the confidence, right? When we show up on a, on a, interviewing, we're confident in our skills, nonverbal and verbal, and the whole interview is way better. It's after I published that first one, there was a gal who contacted me and she said, I went to a very expensive private boarding school back East. And these were the things they taught us. This is what they shared with us because connections are what open doors. You know, I mean, sometimes it's just the grades, but, but like you said, if you're to the interview process, then they already like you for your grades. They already like your essay, but she said, connections are the things that open doors. And she said, these are all the things we learn. And I don't think that you have to go to a really expensive private boarding school in order to learn these, you know, you can do these in your home. And for some kids who struggle with this, I like to remind them that other kids struggle with reading and other kids struggle with math. And other kids struggle with writing and everyone is required to work on some things that are harder for them. And so there's no shame in not being good at it yet. There's plenty of time to get good at it. And, and these books offer the how, how do you get good at it? You know, we talked a little bit about how to start a conversation, make an observation, then ask a question. If you've never been taught that and everyone else around you just gets it and you feel like, you know, you're left behind, it's actually really easy. It's a formula. Make an observation and ask a question. You know, other people say, I don't know how to introduce myself. Well, there's a way. And and once kids understand and kind of have it in their back pocket, like this is the formula, this is how I can do it. 
they can start using it and making it their own. And that's where the confidence comes in. And so I just like to remind kids that if you're not good at it yet, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you won't be good at it in the future. If you're very shy now, it doesn't mean that you will be shy in three years. Start working on the skills that help you feel confident with people, just like you had to work on the skills that made you feel confident with chemistry or AP English or whatever that is that you're good at. Mm. And I think that goes hand in hand with this generation is not um, wanting to uh, be wrong or make mistakes or fail. And mm -hmm. so here's an opportunity to gently help them before it gets real, before it's their job interview, before it's asking a significant other out for a date, right? Like, it's not that you can shy away. It's not going to go away. Right, right. But you're giving them our skills for life. It's for adulting. I would call it adulting 101. How's that? That's brilliant. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is exactly what it is because we want to create kids who feel successful being adults. And in order to do that, you have to understand how to relate to the world around you. And another thing that I like to remind kids of is that these soft skills are things that are in high demand. So if you are equal with someone with test scores or for a job interview, you are going to be chosen because you have these soft skills. These are what can set you apart for lots of future opportunities. And so while everything they're doing to prepare for school is very important, um, learning how to exist in a way that makes others comfortable, where you're aware, where you have confidence, but you also are able to bring others along with you makes a huge difference. No doubt. Wow. Well, that is just, I'm just thinking, I wish every child had this. It, it's the same, right? Because if, yep. if not everybody has the sit down dinner where you're going to have this conversation but I love that you have it kind of freestanding where you could put it next to backpacks. You can put it, you know, where they have their cell phones charged. You could put it in so many strategic places. Yep. Um, I could even make a game out of it. I, I really enjoy uh, what you've put together. Now, if somebody wanted to uh, re reach out to you and, and maybe talk to you um, other than just by your book, is there a way yeah. for them to, to get in touch? Yeah, I am really active on Instagram. I answer my direct messages. I am involved in the comments on posts. So Brooke Romney writes on Instagram is just the best way to connect. And I am such a champion for parents of teenagers and for teenagers themselves to be able to just do this a little more successfully. I think um, our situation right now is hard and it's kind of the wild west and we're trying to figure out how to parent with technology and cell phones and, and less connected society. And I think the more we can come together and help each other, I think the better we'll all be. With that, I thank you for being on this show. Thank you for your time and thank you for your creative book. Thank you so much for having me and for all you do to help kids be college ready. Thank you.